Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Don. The most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. You should be your competition's huge problem. This is the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast with Steve Cypress and Everett Fornell. Welcome to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, the podcast that always stays the same, never makes any changes. Once we set one thing in motion, that is it. We never change ever, never, ever. That would be unpodcastidential. It would show that we are a chaotic podcast, that we're thin-skinned podcast hosts. So, of course, that would never happen. We keep everything the same, no matter how unnecessary anyone or anything becomes. We just keep it on board just because, I guess, we're supposed to do that. Speaking of which, I have on board with me not someone who we're supposed to have, someone who we are outrageously honored to have. It is the world's greatest podcasting co-host in the history of podcasting, Mr. Everett Farnell! Steve, we got to change something. <laughs> that would be unpodcastidential. <laughs> How could you change anything? It's chaos. It would be chaotic. Insanity. Chaos. It's ridiculous. How could you make any changes at all? Oh, anything. And if we made more than one, then we would be the most chaotic podcast of all time. Oh, Lordy. Watch out. If there's more than one change at a time. We would be unfit. Complete. We'd be unfit to be podcast hosts. You're not allowed to have more than one change every four years. If you do, then you're just a flibbity gibbet, as my dear old mother used to say. <laughs> And dear listener, as always, we have some fun, but we're talking specifically here about something that happened a couple of days ago, although I think it happens all the time. Trump got rid of another guy out of the White House, another one of his advisors, this time John Bolton, who probably, I mean, come on now, if anyone ever walked into the White House through a revolving door destined to, it's not a matter of if, it's just a matter of when you go right back out again, it was this guy. I mean, he was never in line with anything Trump believed about anything. I think we talked about it when he first brought him on, that he brought him in because Trump loves hearing. He's very smart, like, dear listener, you should be also, bonus tip, that you should be also welcoming and searching out, seeking out, and happily taking in all different kinds of viewpoints, so you don't just surround yourself with a bunch of yes men, and I think that's what we pontificated, that Bolton was brought in so that he would bring in the warmongering side in opposition to Trump's hatred of regime change, pointless wars, intervention, being the world's cop and police and nanny and babysitter and all that kind of crap. But I think, Everett, from what you told me, it was a little bit more than that, that he was brought in, as we've talked about before, for a certain specific situation, at which point you're no longer needed. Goodbye. Right. Well, according to the, and of course, you can only take the talking heads for as far as you can take them. But what I have heard from several analysts, and it makes sense to me, is that he was brought in specifically to scare or to send a message to some of the countries that he was trying to sit down with, particularly Iran and China and some of these other countries that he wants to come to an agreement with, that he wants to make a deal with. So the implication was, look, you can either talk to me or we have this other guy over here who would like to nuke everything in the world that's not 
America. And you have your choice. You can either have this guy who is recommending that I send every ounce of military force that I have to completely annihilate you and all of your citizens and destroy your country and salt the fields so that you can't grow anything for the next hundred years so you'll never forget. Or we can get together and we can have some discussions and we can make a deal. It's funny because a lot of the people who supported Trump got their panties in a bundle when he hired Bolton as a national security advisor. But Trump does this all the time. As you say, he brings in people who believe differently than he believes, who have different points of view and see issues in a different way. It doesn't mean he's going to fundamentally change who he is. And that's for good or for bad. If you like him, that's good. If you don't like him, it's bad. But the point being that he hired him in order to send a message. Message was sent. It would seem that it was received. Now the countries are coming to the table to have a conversation. And Trump says, oh, okay, now I want to send a message to the countries that since you're coming to the table, it's classic conditioning. If you don't do what I want you to do, if you do X, then I'm going to either punish you or in this case, make it look like I'm going to punish you. But if you do Y, then I'm going to reward you. And the implication with letting Bolton go is that he's no longer considering military intervention in some of these countries because they've come to the table to have a conversation and to negotiate a deal. But of course, he can always hire, there's plenty of warmongers, so he can always hire the next one. If they stomp away from the table and won't make a deal with him, he can always bring the next one Board. So it's really brilliant uh, negotiating tactics. It harkens back to walk softly but carry a big stick. Yes, and as far as the hiring and firing or resigning or departure or whatever you want to call it of John Bolton, that is the lesson learned from Donald Trump this week. We've spoken yep. about it before. Donald Trump, like every sharp entrepreneur should be doing, should not be married to any specific person you hire, any specific supplier you have, any specific customer you have. As soon as they start causing problems, any of the above, all of the above, you get rid of them. Or as soon as the situation no longer requires them to be around, you simply get rid of them Then, when their role is no longer needed. In other words, it's like watching a football game. And for those listeners we have that are not football fans, I'm sure you at least know that the 11 players that would be standing on the field at the beginning of a football game are not necessarily all playing all 60 minutes of the entire game. The players come in and out all the time. Offense, defense, special teams, kickers, third down running back, substitute receiver for one play, and then this linebacker comes in, nickel diva, whatever they call it there. If you watched any particular 10 minutes of any NFL game, you'd say, what total chaos. Players are running in and out of the huddle. They're coming on and off the field. The coaches are waving. No, come back. No, you go in. Oh, that coach is unfit. He's uncoachedential. He's, uh, he, he's, he's the worst coach ever. It's chaotic. Uh, Bill Belichick, he'll never win. This is terrible. He should leave Tom Brady in every play for the whole game. Tom Brady should kick the ball off. Tom Brady should then run down the field and tackle the guy returning the kick. Then he should play defense. Then he should rush the other team's quarterback. Then he should switch around and be the quarterback. And then he should throw the ball in the air and then run down and catch it himself. Because, of course, you should never make any changes. You should never think at all about anything situation. And, of course, I'm reduced this to ridiculousness. Here's my point is there is a purpose for each substitution, each change in personnel during a game, whether it's basketball, football, baseball, soccer, politics, the White House, anything at all, as opposed to 
I guess the anti-Trumpers, if they were honest at all, and weren't just out to just decry everything that Trump does, of course, but if they were being honest about it, what's the alternative, you would ask them? Is the alternative to hire somebody, and then even when he's not fit for what the position has turned into or what is now needed from that position, you should just keep him? That's the solution, is you should somehow look for only football players that can both throw the ball and catch the ball and tackle and kick only all well round you should take all the winners of the punt pass and kick competition from 12 year olds <laughs> so that they're all well rounded and you would get killed by any even crappy football team that had specialists at every position so Trump of course has specialists in the different roles and we've talked about this before that I would surmise that the conversation at the time of Bolton's hiring was even look here's the deal we need you for this, and at some point, you're not going to be needed anymore once we accomplish this. Do you understand? Boom, then you're in. Am I right. way off and, base? No, no, I think you're exactly on base, and I think that's what they did. I, I mean, to me, the idea of hiring somebody, particularly in a government advisory position, I mean, what's the correlation? What's the private sector Yeah, that well, exactly. That, a a consultant. consultant. That, you're exactly so, right. It's like hiring a consultant. So hire, the, the difference between hire hiring someone full-time, like I guess your vice president is full-time, right. as opposed to a consultant, an advisor. Right. So you, you bring an advisor once, or a consultant for six months, for a year, to handle one store openings, store closings layoffs, hirings, one specific task you bring somebody in for, and the whole world goes crazy as if that's an unheard of concept. Right, and then, of course, once the job is done, you let them go. Thank you very much. Of course. We're done. Well, this is why, and I I saw it when I watched some kind of, you know, five or ten minutes of a Trump standing up by the helicopter, which is what he seems, that's his his modus operandi now. Somebody told me, and I guess I didn't realize that I haven't seen him in a while, but they no longer have the press person come out in Inside the White House with all the press people and take questions and answer. They don't even do those anymore. Trump just comes out every time he's leaving to go somewhere, and before he gets on the helicopter, he goes up and down the row of the press and says, you're an idiot, and you're fake news, and he answers a few <laughs> questions, and he berates them, and he does whatever he wants. Well, at one point, he said something like, they said, somebody asked something like, well, when are you going to have a full-time someone in this position? You only have an acting. And I saw him say what we have talked about on the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. Everett, he said, look, I like the acting position. It's more flexible. We talked about it also means you don't have to right. go through the painful, embarrassing, ridiculous, wasteful, time-wasting procedure of being approved by a Congress that hates everything you do. So why even bother? Just tell someone he's acting and keep him acting forever. And Trump said that right out loud. I saw it in one of these walking up and down the rows as the helicopter's making noise in the background. And he just said, I like the acting. I like the acting position. You know, I think it's up to him as he gets rid of or due to scandal or due to just quitting or whatever reason people take off from his administration. I could see him never again put anyone up for a confirmation in front of the Congress circus of the Congress, other than, of course, a Supreme Court judge, you have to. But otherwise, why bother? Just say they're acting. Right, right. Yeah, because they're not going to be there long. Probably, you're not going to be there long anyway. You know, I did this in in all my businesses. I I like to hire people, and I let them know when they're hired. I let them know when they're down to the final three that I'm considering, and they get an in-person interview, and I let them know, you're one of the three. Now, here's the thing. If one of the other two doesn't work out, should I keep your name on file? And I'm holding their resume in my hand. Should I keep this in my top desk drawer right here? 
And almost always they say, oh, yeah, please do. I say, right, because I only hire people on a provisional basis. Everybody is on a trial basis, and we'll see, and I tell them that, and we'll see how it goes for the first 30 days, and then we'll sit down again and make a decision. And I have a feeling that's basically, whether he says it out loud or not, that's what Trump is doing. That is a smart move to keep an entrepreneur nimble and not tied down to situations or people or companies or anyone to do business with that is not going to be optimum. Exactly. Speaking of which, that leads me, which I almost got into, is this week's advanced tip of the week, which, as always, we have available for you, dear listener. You, as always, simply go over to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com, get the advanced tip of the week, implement that into your business, implement the basic tip into your business, and then you, too, can have a chaotic, unfit, unbusiness edential business that is massively <laughs> successful and that makes a lot of money and most of all, has a heck of a lot of fun. Speaking of which, we expect you back here next week for another fun, educational, and money-making episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump Podcast. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure to go listen to the rest of the episodes and get our advanced tip of the week by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time, unless you like being a loser. Some people do. Trust me.